You may have heard of the word derecho. What is a derecho? Well, it's a line of intense, widespread, and fast-moving wind gusts, usually associated with the outflow from thunderstorms traveling across a great distance and characterized by damaging winds. Think a large squall line of thunderstorms with one big gust front along the leading edge of the violent band of storms. If the wind damage swath extends more than 240 miles or about 400 kilometers and includes wind gusts of at least 58 miles an hour or greater along most of its length, then the event may be classified as a derecho. The occurrence of derechos are most prominent in the warm season time of year. That is, generally in the months of May, June, July, and August. And that's when 70% of all derechos occur. They are impressive both to see on the ground and from the sky. Derechos are most common in the Midwestern United States, but are still fairly rare. You might see a derecho there about once a year. In the northern part of the U.S. and adjacent southern Canada, you might see one about every four years. They can be occasionally found all the way up into southeastern Canada, and on rare occasions even cutting through parts of northern parts of New England and adjacent Canada. The last derecho occurred most recently on May 21, 2022, crossing into southern Canada in Ontario, with hurricane force gusts hitting the metropolitan areas of Toronto, then Ottawa, hopscotching even into portions of Quebec last May 2022. Derechos have injured and killed people, the large majorities were folks recreating in the great out of doors, that is, camping, boating, hiking, or just taking a stroll on a trail in the woods. The very long-lived Boundary Waters Canadian derecho was one of the farthest northerly progressive derechos to have ever been recorded. It traveled through a large part of the boreal forests of North America, uprooting and breaking off hundreds of square miles of trees. Two people were killed then, and 70 were injured. Almost all of the casualties were the result of trees and tree limbs falling on the victims. Additionally, almost all the victims were outdoors, e.g. camping, hiking, or canoeing. This includes one casualty that was not the result of a falling tree or limb. This person's death was due to drowning after having been blown off a boat. Drownings are another cause of death most frequently associated with warm season derechos. Most of the damage to homes and businesses occurred in the areas of higher population density, such as near the beginning of the event, in this case Fargo, North Dakota, and near the end of the event over parts of South Central and Southeastern Quebec. It was these areas that contributed to the most of the recorded property damage, and that exceeded $100 million in 1999 U.S. dollars and to the total was over 700,000 households and businesses that lost electrical power from the long-lived derecho. After passing through southern Quebec, the derecho crossed the international border for a second time entering northern New England in the pre-dawn hours of July 5th. Thousands of trees were blown down, several buildings damaged, and about 26,000 customers lost electrical power. A wind gust of 90 miles an hour was measured near Colebrook, New Hampshire. While crossing northern New England, the derecho caused several casualties. In Vermont, a camper drowned in Lake Salem in Orleans County when the tent they were sleeping in was blown into a lake. The tent had been placed on a raft and the camper became entangled and submerged in the tent underwater. In New Hampshire, three people in the campgrounds around Errol, New Hampshire, were injured by falling trees. In Maine, two campers were injured in Coburn Gore, where a large tree limb fell on a tent in which they were sleeping. Just south of Coburn Gore, other campers experienced destructive derecho winds, and one of them has an interesting story concerning her experience. 
Sarah Jamison is a National Weather Service meteorologist who was an intern at the Portland Gray Main Office at the time. She was enjoying the 4th of July festivities and 1999 holiday, camping and celebrating with family members and friends at the Rangeley Lakes region of western Maine. July 4th was a very hot and humid day, with a high temperature of near 90. Although conditions were oppressive, Sarah, along with her family and friends, enjoyed the day swimming, boating, and relaxing in the shade. As the Independence Day celebration came to an end, sleeping arrangements were made for the night at their campsite near the shore of Kupsudik Lake. Sarah's mother and father would sleep on their boat near the docks, and her brother would sleep in their sport utility vehicle, the SUV, and Sarah and her friends would share a tent together. As the night progressed, Sarah mentioned that the air was very stagnant with no wind making it very uncomfortable in the hot tent. Sarah and her friends were having trouble sleeping, so at about 3 a.m., she and a friend left the tent to get some fresh air. They noticed lightning in the distance and returned to the tent, zipping up the flaps to keep the anticipated rain from getting things wet. In the meantime, Sarah's mother had also awakened. She became concerned about the amount of lightning that she was seeing to the northwest as the storm approached. As she left the boat to warn Sarah and her friends about the approaching storm, the gust front hit and the wind markedly increased. She ran about 20 or 30 yards from the boat to Sarah's tent. Once she reached it, she yelled for Sarah and her friends to get out of the tent, but the roar of the winds was so loud that they were unable to hear her. Finally, her mother was able to get their attention when the two jumped out of the tent. They then ran to the SUV where Sarah's brother was sleeping. Unfortunately, he slept with the doors locked, so it took a little time to get his attention. By the time he was able to unlock the door, the first tree had fallen on the campsite. Given that experience, everyone quickly jumped into the SUV. Before the doors were closed, a much larger tree was uprooted and landed on the tent. Once everyone was inside the vehicle, they could see trees falling all around them with every lightning flash. The roar of the storm's winds was so loud that no one could recall actually having heard any trees snapping or falling to the ground. After about five minutes, the winds began to weaken, and within a half an hour's time, the storm had passed. Fortunately, no one in the group was hurt. However, if Sarah's mother had not recognized the danger or had been a minute or two later in arriving at the tent, the outcome would have been very much worse. As often is the case with derechos, the damage that hit Sarah's campground was associated with a narrow band of intense, very damaging downburst winds embedded in a broader swath of strong but less severe winds produced by the parent convective system. The most significant damage in the area extended from Sarah's campsites to those adjacent to her and to an island on the lake, where every tree was snapped or uprooted. In Sarah's and two adjacent campsites, about two dozen trees were blown down, several of which were larger than two feet in diameter. One of these large trees and two smaller ones had fallen on Sarah and her friend's tent, completely crushing it. In Sarah's opinion, it would have been impossible for them to have survived if they had remained in the tent during the most intense part of the storm. After leaving Kupsudik Lake Campground, the derecho continued to cause damage across central and southern parts of Maine. Finally, after traveling over 1,300 miles, the boat ecosystem weakened and the derecho ended just before reaching the Atlantic coast. That's what a derecho is, and yes, it is very important. Heed all warnings when you hear a severe thunderstorm watch or warning. Heed those warnings, especially if you're in the great out of doors. Roger Hill, Radio Vermont, Weathering Heights.